I'm Elena. I'm Grant. And this is Sex Archie. F.P. Jones, more like F. Me Jones, am I right? I, I'm not really sure to say that. That's right. We're a Riverdale <laughs> recap podcast. Today we're talking to you about Chapter 20, Tales from the Dark Side, written by James DeWill, directed by Don Wilkinson. And what an episode, what a unique episode we yeah, have here. This is not the craziest episode. This is not the wildest, you'll never believe it, Riverdale episode, but I think it is the strangest. It's so so different. Tales from the Dark Side is a uh, anthology show. If you're going from the movie, yes, an anthology film. And so they they ported that style over. Yes. So the episode starts with a, a voiceover and and yeah, grainy word. scrolling text, very uh, uh, low rent VHS. Yes. About what you're about to witness is about uh, like three tragic tales that took place. In, in Riverdale, mm-hmm. and many, many words I don't remember, but, you know, it's... about the Black Hood murders. I wonder if this would be a great first episode for somebody, because you have an opening crawl that contextualizes it. I mean, yeah, it could be. <laughs> somebody, try it. Someone try it. But yeah, so it sets up, like, what has been going on. The spookums is coming, basically. Yeah, we're, we're about to see some pivotal moments in, in the, the tragic tale of the Black Hood and the teenagers. Uh, so we begin with a letter that was found at the chocolate shop mm-hmm. uh, that was then printed, of course, in many newspapers and is seen being read across town uh, from the Black Hood that Black Hood wants to be shown that they are pure of heart. And if the Black Hood sees this, his work will end. But if not, the reckoning continues. Yeah. So then we get the scene that, like, made all of the social media people go crazy yeah. leading up to this episode because Jughead and Betty are in bed and she's wearing his shirt and they're cuddling. Yeah. And she doesn't have a thing to say about his tattoo. It is there for God and everyone to this, see. But we skip so many things. We skip so many moments in their relationship and I'm very upset by this. I want some tattoo reaction. <laughs> So, so you're a believer, believer. They're they're talking about, and we we get confirmation that the the t- English teacher is in fact dead, and his mm-hmm. his name was Phillips. I did not remember that. I don't know if they ever said his name before. <laughs> they definitely said his name. Uh, but he's dead, and they're talking about like, well, how did the Black Hood get into the station? And then Betty's like, unless <laughs> nothing, nothing, unless nothing, ignore me. Uh, and she doesn't have to uh, direct the conversation somewhere else because Jughead gets a phone call. Yeah. And it is Penny Peabody calling. The snake charmer, the lawyer. Wanting to cash in her favor. And the whole time I'm wondering, what kind of favor does a, a lawyer need from a high school sophomore? What can he do that you can't? Many things. I Apparently, there is at least one thing. Uh, so she wants him to meet her at Pop's. And uh, he's like, well, I can't do you a favor. Well, they get there. And he's like, I can't do a favor for you. I can't do it. I'll pay you. Uh, And she tells him that uh, FP got into an accident in jail. The ghoulies uh, attacked him Mm -hmm. there. Uh, Because of the stunt at the race. Yes. And they want payback. And, uh, you know, they want money. Jughead's like, I got 18 bucks. Like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> She's like, well, you know, I got this thing that you could help me with. And then, like, the money could, your cut could go to me defending your father and maybe getting him out early. And the favor is picking up a crate on the south side and taking it to Greendale. By midnight. Uh, and uh, uh, uh. Yes, you must get out of there by midnight or the vampires will come. I assume. I assume that's why. He might get grabbed by the ghoulies. Yeah. I really like this scene because of how Penny is eating her breakfast in a very jocular way that is meant to intimidate. Yeah. She's like Jughead all grown up. It's a lot of stabbing. Stab that and smiling. Stab that pancake. 
It's it's the cherry move, but with syrup and, and whipped cream. Yeah. Well, different whipped cream, I guess. Yes, not the same whipped cream. That would be really old whipped cream by now. <laughs> and really gross. Also, this is where we get our first, like, title card. It's the best. Arch- I love title cards. Archie and Jughead. <laughs> adventure time. It does not say adventure time. But that's what it's time for. Uh, so they are in the hall of school and Cheryl like busts through them and shoves in- them apart interrupts their conversation where where Jughead is asking Archie for help and that Archie owes him for the whole stunt at the drag race and we need to borrow your dad's truck but Cheryl uh announces step aside Bert and Ernie and so darling I have to ask you a question which one is Bert and which one is Ernie Ernie's Jughead okay no okay so this could go either way so you could say that Archie is Ernie because, like, he's all he's happy-go-lucky. He's fun-loving. Yeah, he's more immature and stuff. And, you know, Bert is moody. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, Bert's all about the rules. Uh-huh. Just like Archie, especially in this moment. Uh-huh. While Ernie's a rebel. Yeah. Get- <laughs> it's very... Con- I don't know which is which. I'm not sure Cheryl knows which is which. Maybe she's just implying that one day they're going to live together. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> they're going to live together in New York as common-law husbands. Yes. Okay. Uh, they They go... To the south side, and they get this giant crate that with has chains with on chains. it. Chains, and I'm just like, "What is in there? A werewolf? Is that what? Is that why we have to do it before midnight so the werewolf doesn't escape?" The Ark of the Covenant is in Greendale. So they get it in the truck. I'm not sure how they lift this crate. The crate itself, no matter what's inside, looks heavier than they could lift together. With their big strong boy muscles. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Archie's abs. Mm. And and Jughead's superpower from his serpent tattoo. <laughs> um, the eyes glow when he's angry. While they're driving, Archie questions how how Jughead's life as a serpent will end. Mm-hmm. And Jughead just says, "Like living minute to minute here, I don't know." <laughs> One day at a time, big guy. He's not in control of his life. But Archie has a plan for where their lives are going to end up. Uh-huh. And, and he basically wants to live out rent, but without the drugs or gay people. After high school, they moved to New York City, and Jughead's a writer, and Archie's a musician, and uh, they live there together, and I forgot where he said. They live in the East Village. The East Village. Yes, they live in the East Village, and, and Betty and Veronica are, you know, on Park Avenue, and they're just living their lives. Mm-hmm. It's Bert and Ernie it's in rent. Bert and Ernie, yeah. In rent, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cheryl knows more than she knows she knows. Yeah. So then they get a flat tire and there's no spare. And Archie's like, well, we should call Triple C. Does the Civilian Conservation Corps still exist? Does, does I believe that's the Riverdale version of AAA. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> That Riverdale takes place in a universe where the New Deal program never ended. Really? I thought maybe it also meant, like, the Chuck E. Cheese Corporation. (laughs) Archie was hoping they'd send Chuck E. Cheese over to fix the truck. So either my grandfather or Charles Entertainment Cheese himself will be arriving. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And Chuck is like, okay, let's call Betty. No, we can't get Betty involved in this. Okay, let's call Kevin. He has a truck. They're going to call him, but then this car comes, or this other truck comes yes. by, honking its horn. And it's the up. final destination guy. Oh. It's it's the guy who gives the final destination teens their, the cryptic warnings and, like, the rules. Oh, it is, isn't it? Yeah. So, obviously, he's up to no good. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're trying to play it cool. Say, like, well, we need a spare or a ride to Greentail. And he's like, uh, well, what's in the crate? pancake mix <laughs> i mean it is what penny peabody said to say yeah but i mean rules of the road cash ass or grass mm-hmm. and jughead still only has 18 dollars to his yes. name so but the dude takes the 18 dollars and the crate and only one of them so jughead goes with and tells archie to stay with the truck and that you know they're all good they're all square now he's returned his favor he's gone this far jughead rides in the truck with the old dude and his they are told not to look under the tarp yes. in the back. There's a tarp in the back. Don't look under it. And as they drive away, Archie has a very significant moment with a deer. A weird, like, bloody deer. That just, like, looks Archie deep in the eyes. Suddenly, like, 
And they have a connection. And then it walks past a sign that points either in the direction of Riverdale or the direction of Greendale. What will Archie choose? It is the deer of destiny, the destiny doe. Oh, well, so as they're driving, the guy says, Oh, I thought your friend back there was Jason Blossom. You never know on your way to Greendale what you're going to see. <laughs> like, a ghost. It's it's haunted. It's definitely That haunted. road is haunted. Yeah. Uh, on the radio, there is like a, a... Yeah, there's an evangelical preacher program. Yes, about how it's truly Judgment Day. And in the black of the hood, there is the light of God. Yes. Uh, and A lot of people are getting on board with this this anti-sinner crusade. The, the old dude is very like, yeah, you know, righteous people think he's doing the work of God. This is what's going on. Reminds uh, me of this reaper. Anyway, have a commercial. Yeah. Archie gets the tire fixed. This is when actually the bloody deer appears. Yeah. Jughead and the old guy get to a gas station. Jughead's filling it up as the old guy goes in to pay. Mm -hmm. And then there's lots of flies by the back of the truck. It's gross. It's creepy. And there's like a puddle of blood. And so what's Jughead do? He pees. Look under the tarp. And there's a bunch of bloody deer. (laughs) And I think, I think that deer that Archie saw was the ghost, was a ghost of one of those deer. So that's why he's hunting like unlicensed so he can shoot does. Uh-huh. Ah. That's why it's like, but it's not like he just shot it. It looked like he like ran over it with his truck mm-hmm. because the entire side was like bloody gross. You never know but what that, you might see on the road to Greendale. That's why that deer, it was a ghost warning him about this dude. And that's why it also had such a weird like owl head turn thing going on. <laughs> I don't know who this deer is, but I want to check out like her IMDb page. Maybe <laughs> she has other significant work. Yeah, she did yeah. a great job. The the old dude comes out of the gas station and is like, oh, there's a cafe. I'm hungry. Let's go over there. Like going to Greendale is some all night haul. It's like the next town over. It's just across the river. I don't. Do they have to drive like 50 I mean, miles upstream because there's not a bridge? The next DVD release better have a map. <laughs> I need a map. Uh, so this is where uh, the old guy tells us about the Riverdale Reaper, mm-hmm. which was a, a guy who, who broke into a family home with a shotgun and shot everyone. Yep. One by one. Years ago. Going down the hallway. Uh, and some people say that he was caught by a lynch mob. And some say that he went to California and prayed to the devil. And some say he just stayed in Riverdale. It's killing season in Riverdale. Because these things are cyclical. Yeah. 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 Uh, so then the old guy's like, okay, I'm ready to go. You're paying. And he's like, but I gave you my $18. Well, that was for gas. You're paying. And then, like, the creepy waitress lady's just like, <laughs> I'm going to murder you all if someone doesn't pay this bill. Uh, <laughs> and then Archie busts in. Uh, and saves the day with a holy debit card. Yes. <laughs> and they get their crate back on the truck. Why is Archie driving in any case? I don't know. When did he learn to drive? We know Drughead knows how to drive. I don't know when Archie learned to drive because the last time we saw him drive, things weren't good. No, things are bad for everybody. But Archie's like, you know, I I told you, Jughead, that I'd see this through and that's what I'm going to do. Oh, I love it when they're friends. (sighs) Yeah, bros. Uh, So they take the crate to be dropped in this like warehouse place. And then all- It is accepted by some Metal Gear Solid cosplayers- with some very interesting accents. This this old woman in a wheelchair who's very German mm-hmm. and her steampunk <laughs> seven foot doorman with a matrix cloak full of guns. Yes. <laughs> These weirdos out of nowhere and the deer and uh, a very interesting breakfast conversations it's the twin peaksiest riverdale has ever been yeah uh and so this old lady in her very 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 german accent says that the the serpent uh or what what's the The snake charmer the snake charmer uh said that the serpents were taking over for the ghoulies and with a regular delivery boy so uh then they're at pop's and and Jughead's like, you know, I've been thinking about this Riverdale Reaper story. Maybe it's a lead. You know, m- maybe you and I, Archie, we c- we could go like, you know, look up some stuff tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is an invitation to continue to be bros. Yeah, 
But he is shot down because Archie has to take Dad to physical therapy. I think he said Moose, actually. Oh, yeah. Archie has to take Moose to physical therapy. And he has dinner with Veronica's parents. Yeah. And Jughead's just left alone. All alone. Um, and he's like, well, maybe the day after we could follow this lead that we probably should follow because there's murder on the loose. But okay. <laughs> Archie offers to give him a ride home. Mm-hmm. I think Jughead says no because he doesn't want to die. <laughs> the jail opens at sunrise. I'll go visit my dad. I'll just stay up for hours. They but- got that good coffee of Pops. So at jail, during visiting hours, he sees yeah. that his dad's A-OK. He didn't get jumped. This was all a ruse. He was lied to. So Jughead goes to talk to Penny and is like, you lied. And uh, I'm not going to do this. And she's like, well, you don't have a choice. Here, look at this video evidence I have of you and Archie taking the crate into this place and that it's you. And if you do anything or say anything or breathe the wrong way, this is gonna be released Mm -hmm. and why why me (laughs) and we find out that fp had made some type of promise to her that he didn't keep and now Mm -hmm. jughead has to pay the debt our next segment is simply titled josie she she is uh staying late after school uh, rehearsing a song. She's rehearsing Spooky by Percy Sledge. Yes. Which is basically the theme song to this segment. And then the janitor enters and scares her accidentally. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna lock up the school and, you know, slip out the side door like you normally do and don't tell the principal we're all good. She's done a lot of after school rehearsals, this joke. Yes. She's very committed and apparently doesn't have a piano at home. Yes. This I doubt. <laughs> So so Josie's leaving, she gets a little creeped out, but she gets home, and her mom... She doesn't get home, she gets to the five seasons where the McCoys have been staying. Yes, because home's not safe. Because they had to scrap that set to, to put that money back into the color grading budget. <laughs> uh, and the mayor, like, freaks out at her and that she needs to be home before dark, or she's getting bodyguards, or her own security team, and she has to do this. She's like, okay, I'll be home before dark. The next day at school, she's talking to Cheryl. Mm -hmm. And Uh, she has a teddy bear. She's been getting anonymous uh, secret admirer gifts. Yeah, in her locker, which is kind of an invasion of privacy, but okay. Yeah, that's why you slip notes through the little (laughs) air vent. You can't put a teddy bear through the air vent. Mm -mm. That's really poorly stuffed. Yeah. So uh, she's talking to Cheryl about how stress makes her voice her loser voice, mm-hmm. and you know she she's been working on songs without the Pussycats. Yeah, and we find out that Cheryl is helping her meet a producer to get her some studio time, but he only wants Josie. He doesn't want the rest of the Pussycats. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's practicing again, and then Chuck comes in, and you know heard her sweet voice, and he couldn't resist. And she's oh Chuck, ugh, and she's just like. Shut up. Chuck, it's been like 10 episodes. Welcome back. And, and he's wondering if uh, she, she wants to get some cheese fries. She's like, I don't date harassers and a long list of jerky things he is. Yeah. And also, she doesn't seem like the cheese fry type. Like, no. I'd take Josie out for hummus, maybe. Hummus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Most people like cheese fries. I guess. Just like, are you sharing that plate of cheese fries, or are you each getting your own plate of cheese fries? That's the real question. One for me, and one to share. But really, the the whole theme of this segment is that Josie does a lot of normal high school things, but she's surrounded by horror movie sound design and camera angles. Yes. Everything has a sting. Everything has, has like, creeping dread around the corner, but it's just her best friend, Cheryl. Yes, and, and Cheryl is really, really, like, pushing this producer and stuff when we find out that you know she she feels like she must repay josie for saving her and that she won't forever be in her debt but josie is feeling a little like not able to breathe a little little cornered a little cornered josie comes out of the the sauna they have at the school uh and there are the other pussycats who found out via a letter that was left for them that josie is ditching them and uh, that she clawed them in the back. We're nothing without our extended metaphors. Yes. And so then they're like, well, fine, you're solo now. We're out. They are now just and the pussycats. Mm-hmm. 
So Josie runs into Chuck again, and she's kind of freaked out about being in the school really late at night. So she asks him for a ride home. And he's like, okay, but we're going to make a stop along the way, which is Pops. For milkshakes. For milkshakes. And she's like, this isn't a date. This is not a date. But sure, milkshakes. It kind of turns into a date. Totally a date. Because Chuck has been rehabilitating himself. He's going to church. He's discovered a passion for artistry. He wants to make draw comics or make kids books. Which is, uh, for recent Archie readers, Mm -hmm. a defining characteristic of Chuck Clayton. Yes, Chuck is an artist in the comics. He started as basically just a football boy, (laughs) but then he was a football boy with an art interest, and then that became his primary thing. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and she, she doesn't really believe all this, but Pop comes over and is like, oh, so good to see you in church on Sunday. Josie, you should come too. She gets very mock offended at this. It's yes. very playful and cute. Yeah. And and then they have a little Pulp Fiction twist tribute. Twist and shout in, going on. In, uh, Pop's. But then the mayor busts in with Sheriff Keller. And- someone's not answering her texts. It's after dark. And, and Chuck's like, oh, I was just about to give her a ride home. And like, no, no. I don't want you around my daughter. Bah! Mr. Maple himself is not twisting all up on my girl. So then we're back at their hotel room. And uh, the mayor tells her that she's been getting death threats. Yeah, there's this heart-to-heart, like, I'm overbearing because people want me dead. And the last letter says they want you dead, too. All, all these people that can't handle a black woman as the mayor are being emboldened by the hood. Uh, so then Keller asks if Josie's gotten, like, any letters or anything left for her, which we know she has, but she says no. Well, she hasn't had anything intimidating left for her. She's had weird things left for weird her. Weird things, yeah. So then the next day at school, Cheryl's all like, I can't believe you went on a date with him. Why didn't you tell them that, like, Chuck is basically stalking you? Basically. There's a weird look from the janitor there. Yeah. They go to the music room, and uh, there's a picture there of Josie with the words, if I can't have you, no one can, and a box with a bloody pig heart. It could have been a cat heart, but then it would have been really small and hard to identify. Yeah. <laughs> also, where do you get one of those? A cat. But a pig heart you can get from a high school biology lab. Oh. I dissected a pig heart. How was that? Slimy. There's a yeah. lot of like juices in, yeah. in the bucket they come in. I... Perk of homeschooling, never had to dissect a thing. <laughs> I grew butterflies once, like, that was cool. Oh, I grew butterflies. <laughs> I make life, I don't take it. <laughs> <laughs> so then, this is where uh, our our stories start to intersect, because we see Cheryl and Josie busting through Archie and it's, Jughead talking. It's Bert and Ernie all over again. This is where they, they overlap. Yes, and they uh, rush in, uh, and Cheryl attacks... Chuck with words about how, you know, he's been doing all these things to her mm-hmm. and he left the heart and the letter and the janitor shows up out of nowhere. Yeah, like, oh, what you doing? Uh, and uh, Is this true? And Josie's like, yes, yes, it's true. And I'm like, Josie, you don't know it's true. What the hell? <laughs> uh, and the janitor grabs I Chuck. I dusted for fingerprints on this gift-wrapped heart. <laughs> so the janitor grabs Chuck and takes him to the principal and then later, we see Keller with the mayor and Josie and that Chuck will stay away from her. But they found no evidence that it was him. Mm-hmm. And he says it's not him, but there's no evidence. So then we see Josie practicing again. And then the Black Hood's behind her with bum, a bum, knife. Bum. Bum, bum, bum. She turns around and he cuts her throat and like... You totally thought this was real. I thought it was real, but then she wakes up. She wakes up. It's a but dream. no, Josie McCoy has suffered psychic attack, mm-hmm. and she has lost the ability to speak and or sing. For a little while. Forever. Forever? You think forever? For the rest of the episode, yeah. she says no words. Her, her like, part is pretty much done now. Because she has no ability <laughs> to speak words. Yeah. So then we see Cheryl, who, who's listening to some music, which is Josie singing. And we see that she's drawing a picture of her and Josie, which is very much in the style mm-hmm. of the picture Josie got, where it says, if I can't have you, no one can. Bum, bum, bum. Yes. 
part of me is not surprised by this, and part of me is because I really thought it was that fucking janitor. <laughs> I know it's a good that Mr. janitor Rack. is up to no good though. I don't trust that janitor. Everything seemed to be up to no good, but again, it's just a pretty normal high school thing, except that Cheryl's an insane control freak. I think that janitor I mean, sh- like. Cheryl, her pig's heart. Cheryl clearly leaked uh, the solo act to the other pussycats mm-hmm. to isolate Josie. I think Chuck did a lot of the anonymous presence, except Cheryl did the last one in order to cut him out. I think Cheryl might kill the janitor. That janitor is going to die. That janitor is going to be found in a trash can. Which will be ironic. <laughs> Uh, so, so part then, three, Betty is, and Veronica. Yeah, team up. The best. We we go back to where Jughead and Betty were in bed. Waking up. And she's like, what if, oh, never mind, he gets a phone call. So she's sitting there, though, like, thinking about this idea. Mm-hmm. And in school that day, Kevin's talking about his dad. And how his dad's acting weird. He's not sleeping. He's not eating. He's going out in the middle of the night. He's so stressed with all the stuff. It's like he's a different person. The Black Hood's just getting to him. And so Betty and Veronica both have very interested and very different reactions. Yes. There's a lot of great uh, faces being traded between them. Yes. And, and questions asked that are worded slightly differently to mean very <laughs> different things. Uh, so when it's the two of them alone, they basically... They they both confess they have a theory and like one, two, three, shoot. Betty, of course, thinks he's the Black Hood. Veronica thinks he's clearly having an affair. And they're both like, what? What? And Veronica's like, Kevin needs our, our, our friendship, not our suspicion. I don't know why you're thinking this. Uh, so Veronica decides to have a sleepover with Kevin uh, to cheer him up. But so she can also like investigate the affair and mm-hmm. prove it to Betty that that's all it is. Betty, in the meantime, is meeting with Sheriff Keller about how the the teacher was killed, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, you know how how did he get in and to the jail, and we find out that he he broke in. Now, why does the sheriff have photos of the broken lock just lying around, unless he was expecting to be accused? He hasn't had time to take it and add it to the murder wall. <laughs> It's true. He keeps his murder walls at home. Maybe he has double copies I just guess. in case someone steals this the is, murder this wall. This one is for my desk. This one is for the file. This is for the home murder wall. Uh-huh. Exactly. You got to be prepared. Everything's filed in triplicate. Uh, yeah. So we find out that Sheriff Keller was out and the hood broke in and the deputy that was on duty fell asleep. Then he's like, oh, here, let me show you. And, like, takes her in to, like, mm-hmm. the crime scene. And is like, yep, look here. Ta-da. Anyway, have fun with my kid in third period. Like, yeah. what are you doing? They're children. <laughs> so at the sleepover, Kevin is teaching Veronica one of his favorite, like... It's some sort of fantasy Fantasy game? adventure game. If and she rolls a six, she can conquer a kingdom. Yeah, and he seems really excited about it. <laughs> and I wish, I, I just wish Kevin had someone to actually, like, sincerely play this game with him. I wish the game board or game map was more than, say, six times what the game pieces. Yeah, the board looks like it's, if Catan was, a, like, just one game board size, like, <laughs> and then the figurines are, like action figures but like moldorama wax figurines it's it's clearly some like <laughs> 70s vintage game with a very odd uh, uh ratio yeah uh but she, she's thirsty so she she decides to go get a drink she's downstairs. thirsty all right because she seems a ripped sheriff keller <laughs> yeah so well she so she's on the phone with Betty. Betty's very upset that she was not invited to the sleepover so she can investigate him being the hood so, yeah. during the sleepover. And it's, it's a wonderful split screen scene that they have. So while on the phone, like, Veronica is like, fine, fine, I'll try to, like, check stuff out. She tries to check the office. The office is locked. Betty's like, go in the basement, go in the basement. So Veronica's, like, starts to go down. And that is where we see a very grunty, very sweaty, very shirtless Sheriff Keller working out. Ripped. And where uh, Veronica's all like, oh, I didn't know you worked out. Uh, Archie Andrews better watch his back. <laughs> well, for a lot of reasons, but yeah. Yeah. 
I guess Sheriff Keller got hot. Is that what we're going for here? <laughs> so she gets we, a drink from the basement freezer. Mm-hmm. In this conversation, we learned that Kevin is still an army brat like in the comics. Yes. But in this case, it's his mother who is currently stationed in Bahrain. Yes. I've like when they start talking about like, oh, he's having an affair. You know, Kevin's mother's out of town. I was like, wait, Kevin has a mother right now? This is a thing? This How long has she been in Bahrain? I just thought he didn't have one. Yeah, I thought she died or like she moved died away years or ago. Divorced Something. years like it's not in the picture. I did not know. That means one day we might get a Mama Keller. We might get Mama Keller. And she will also have massive abs. That's <laughs> how they met. They just rub them against each other. <laughs> and then they made a little Kevin. It sounds like corduroy. <laughs> I was thinking like the, the washboard, like <laughs> drug band noise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but corduroy works. So then Kevin finds them though and is like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> Uh, so in the middle of the night, uh, Veronica wakes up to see that Keller is leaving in his own car, not the sheriff car. And the next day she meets Betty at Pops and they're talking about how he didn't come home until 4 a.m. And Betty's like, well, look at this newspaper article. A jingle jangle addict was found dead. And Veronica's like, well, he was hit, you know, hit by a train. Kablooey. Nothing left but a grease spot on the L&M. Why did because it makes you happy. Yeah. So Betty's all like, oh, no, no. Because he was pushed by Sheriff Keller. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's the Black Hood. He's bona fide. the train. He's bona fide. You got to watch out for that paterfamilias. <laughs> but but Betty is not to be dissuaded by such petty things as logic and reason. No. So uh, she waits for uh, Sheriff Keller to, to drive off to the office and sneaks around his shrubs to find a hide-a-key. Uh, finds his home office where his big murder board is, opens a drawer and finds a black hood and she thinks, yes. Well, let's not forget the fact that she also picked that door with a bobby pin. Very Nancy Drew. Do we even have to mention it at this point? (laughs) She locks her own bedroom just so she can pick a door with a bobby pin. But But, I I guess he forgot his lunch or something because there he is behind her. It's like, what's she doing here? Uh, So then at the station, Hal is there with, with Betty and he's like, I can't, I can't understand how she got this idea. I'm so sorry. When clearly I'm the Black Hood. Ha, 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 ha. They're both the Black Hoods. They're in it together. Like, she doesn't know about our secret club. If you want to know who the Black Hood is, go one episode back in the feed. Bonus five Riverdale roulette. <laughs> you will know. You will know. So we find out, well, the Hood is the one that was from Archie's locker. Reggie's, uh, Reggie's Hood. Yes. That was in Archie's locker. Why is it in Archie's locker? Still don't understand that. Because he just likes the way it smells. He, just, he wanted to give it back to Reggie, I guess. I don't know. Why bring that to school? I'm I'm uh, on board for Rarchie? Rarchie? Uh, A- Adgie? Ar- 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 See, Ar- this is the limits of Ar- portmanteaus. Bughead is the only good one. <laughs> Varchie's decent, I guess. Barchi? That's garbage. I'm not saying it's a garbage ship. It's a garbage word. Yeah. Do better. Do better. Can you combine Andrews and Mantle instead? Mandrews, see? There we go. Okay. I like Mandrews. Well, Reggie is Reginald, right? Yeah. So, Archinald. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> the sheriff, though, like, hands over his logbook to Betty of, like, we'll see where I was during all the murders. I was places. He has a state-mandated alibi. And he's like, well, I'm not going to tell Kevin about this because it would break his heart. Mm-hmm. His poor, sweet little heart. Mm-hmm. He just wants to t- conquer kingdoms. Yes. He's got a violent streak, that one. Betty and Veronica both agree, though, that he is hiding something. Mm-hmm. And so they stake out the house. Keller leaves again, and they follow him to a motel. And he gets out of the car with a bag and Veronica's like, what's in the bag? And Betty's like, that's his kill kit. It's his kill kit. He's going to kill someone. Uh, Veronica thinks they should call the cops. Who do you think that call is going to be forward to? <laughs> uh, so then they sneak and they like watch him and they see him go up to a room and out comes Mayor McCoy in like lingerie. With a makeup, big old smooch. And they have a makeout session. We never really know what's in the bag. I, I guess they're, they're props. They get up to some business. I, I figured it was in case he fell asleep and he needed to go straight to work. I think maybe he's into puppy play. <laughs> maybe. He's got a whole rig. Maybe. Uh, so then they're at Pops 
And Veronica's like, well, I knew he was having an affair, but but this? <laughs> okay, we, we can't tell Kevin. We can't tell anyone. We're just not going to tell anyone. But while they're coming to this decision, the boys walk in. Mm-hmm. And it's them having their post-drive, pre-visiting dad conversation. Yes. And then we also see that Cheryl and Josie are at a booth on the other side of Pops. And, and Josie is still struck mute while they soothe their throats with milkshakes. Yes. Then Pop gets a phone call uh, just as Jughead leaves. Mm, so he doesn't know uh, yet. And I guess that explains why he doesn't mention this to his dad. He yes. just missed it. Pop puts down the phone, steps out, and is like, that was him on the phone. He the- says to his five teenage customers. Yes, the Black Hood. He says that we f- all failed the test. We are all sinners. That the reckoning is upon us. And that's it. That's the episode. That's Tales the from episode. the Dark Side. Yeah. I love this one. It's so unique. Anything that mixes up the format, anything that, you know, just flirts with, anything that plays with expectation and the relationship between media and viewer, I'm like, I'm, I'm in. Strap me in. Well, let's go. And I love that, you know, this is a story they, they could have told all these stories, like going back and forth between all the characters. Like any other episode. Like any other episode. But it was so nice having it in these chunks where you could actually, like, follow along with, like, what is happening to these two characters right here Mm -hmm. and their relationship and what's going on here. All of these segments were made up of, like, anything else. Big scenes, little moments. It made the little moments stand out more because they weren't lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Between three plot lines, big and little moments. every moment was important. Yeah. Because of this. They wasn't fighting to try to stay important with something else. I would have loved for the three to have more crossover points, more shared scenes. But like, I get it. You're juggling enough. Whatever. I would would love for them to do something like this again. (laughs) I think it would be very interesting. Yeah, yeah. We got a special segment coming at you guys today. I don't know how this is legal. Okay. So we, being the number one Riverdale recap podcast weeks and all and things. Weeks and weeks and weeks ago, we, we, I thought it was a joke at the time, said that we would try to go out and purchase some Jingle Jangle on the street. Well. They have it in stores? Yes. And like, this could kill someone. If, if the pixie sticks are dangerous, this is... I mean, this 22.7 ounces what of are, jingle jangle. What are they cutting this with? Trader Joe's. I thought they were a family friendly company. No, we have a fun mix of fan favorite candy treats here. Yeah, right, Trader Joe's. We're, we, we know, know what's really in this tin. So we're going to do jingle jangle right we now. We are. We have, we have this tin here. This one pound tin. Of Jingle Jangle that we are going to open for you. I don't you. think we're going to do the whole pound. I well, like no. doing this show. I want to come No, back. we're not going to do the whole thing, but we are going to try some Jingle Jangle right here on the show for you guys. I didn't even have to show ID. Let's pop this, baby. Okay, here we go. I'm opening the Jingle Jangle. Oh, there's some nice wrapping. Oh, man, that's a lot of Jingle Jangle. Oh, wow, they are cutting it with uh, pretzels. Pretzels? Okay, okay. Some pretzels. I'm gonna try a pretzel jingle jangle. Okay. I don't know what this is. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna just dive into this jingle jangle. This jingle jangle. We have hidden within a chocolate covered Trader Joe's JoJo, which is an off-brand Oreo. So this is a smuggling thing. Yeah. This is how you get jingle jangle across the border. This is how you can sell it in store, is you just put the jingle jangle within the chocolate-covered sweets within this tin as, sh- you know, the sugar they use. Now, earlier today, Roberto Aguirre Sacasa, by the way, a few weeks ago was his birthday. We forgot to mention it. Happy birthday. But earlier today, he shared an article. Uh, a vulture reporter was looking into this. Mm-hmm. Um, and a Trader Joe's representative has said that this is not any sort of illegal substance and not related to the show in any way. But, like, they'd have to say that. What would you expect Yeah. The these drug kingpins to say? So I just I just tried this time a piece of popcorn that was covered in caramelized jingle jangle and then coated in chocolate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was very good. Now, do you feel like chair dancing in a, a vogue-ish or perhaps an awkward way? Not yet. I think I need more. I mean, this is a very tiny... You heard it here first. You can be addicted within the first two minutes of trying Jingle Jangle. What was that? I need more? (laughs) This is a very tiny... 
tiny little mini peanut butter cup. Oh, so you're saying it's all okay. You can stop anytime you want. Oh my god, our family's being torn apart. Well, you're still eating it. We're talking about you. <laughs> We're talking about me? Blame me. Who's going to look after the dog when you're like high off jingle jangle? Jumping in front of trains. Jojo ones. Is this a Jojo one? I think so. Yeah. I don't really... Everything's just chocolate globs. <laughs> it's really hard to know. But yes. So should we should we tell the people what this actually is? Yeah. So for the low, low price <laughs> of $8.99, you can get basically a lot of sweet holiday-ish treats. A nice uh, tin filled with, uh, what do we got here? We have chocolate-covered pretzels, chocolate-covered caramel corn, chocolate-covered Jojo pieces, little Reese's cups. Knock-off Reese's no- cups, knock-off knock off M&M's. Um, I think there's supposed to be some chocolate-covered nuts in here, which are probably at the bottom because they're, they're dense. Yeah. yeah. If you're really into eh, eh, get it, get it, it comes in a tin called Jingle Jam. Yeah, so if you're looking for a holiday present for the Riverdale fan you know, get them a can of Jingle Jangle. Available probably at your local Trader Joe's. We are not endorsed by Trader Joe's, but you know, if they wanted to, that'd be cool. I like them. They we aren't like... endorsed by Riverdale either, no. but uh, we've done a lot of work for them. No one endorses us. Is it because of the thing about puppy play earlier? Maybe they just don't like my cult in the wood theory, which I'm even more on now because, because we got ghost deer. Ghost deer. Ghost deer. Yeah. Well, now that we have all that poison pumping through our veins, it's time to do our latest and greatest segment, Digest the Digest. Yes. So we are here with Archie in A Share of Happening. This is from Everything's Archie, number 29 from 1973 by Harry Lucy, this is a weird-ass comic. (laughs) It's all about Archie being the head of Archie Enterprises. Yeah. And and all of his friends working for him. And they're all just reporting on various products and and lines of business. So, so, you know, the new Archie sweatshirts are ready. Jughead is reading the stock ticker for the latest quotes on their, their stock value. Yes, uh, the Archie wants... To, to print giant-sized versions of their, their magazine, comic magazines, uh, so readers can get more for their money. And they're doing this, and they have like 33 different comic books out. It has a special guest appearance from John Goldwater, publisher of Archie Comics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, the comics are, uh, they have like 50 million readers, and they're, they're printed in other languages like Spanish and French and Swedish. The newspaper strip is in over 700 papers uh, around the country and abroad. Uh, there's going to be an animated CBS Saturday morning TV show that uh, we find out mm-hmm. from a call from Norm Prescott. And uh, Veronica seems to be opening a file cabinet to avoid just a, a green, empty hole. <laughs> yes. Uh, and we, we find out about, you know, the the other Archie series. Sabrina is doing just fabulous they got to call the Hanna-Barbera Studios to see how the Josie show is doing. And it's doing uh, really good. The ratings are right up at the top. Um, and they're working on TV shows for other comics. Yeah. Other various like characters. That Wilkin Boy, Lil Jinx, and Madhouse Glads. And, and, you know, they already have two gold records for Sugar Sugar and Jingle Jangle. They sold well over the million mark. <laughs> Number one in most countries all over the world. Um, and they also have all this merchandising, puzzles and posters and coloring books and lunchboxes. And there's a film being made and watches with the characters. Uh, and they're just scratching the surface. They're working on a nighttime TV show with music. Also a restaurant, Archie's Restaurant. <laughs> Jars of jelly and jam. That you can collect because they have pictures of everyone on it. They spend nine pages just talking about different merchandising opportunities and tie-ins. And then finally, finally, we see that uh, Archie uh, wakes up mm-hmm. from Veronica shaking him awake. And he, he is in Mr. Lodge's office and he fell asleep while reading the stock report on the ticker tape. And uh, had this amazing dream about Archie Enterprises. <laughs> And uh, Veronica's like, well, that's nice, but we're going to be late for the movie. 
And then he realizes he never got uh, the $5 back from Jughead and he can't afford to go to the movies. <laughs> uh, and was hoping Veronica could lend him some money. and, and For her own date. Yeah. What a charmer. Like, well, I'm sure Reggie can take me instead. And then it ends with a little little blurb that this may have been a dream of Archie's. But Archie Enterprises is a real live public company. There are Archie licensed TV shows, records, and Archie is syndicated in more than 700 newspapers, plus many other surprises for the future. And don't forget all those Archie comic books. And if you'd like more inside stuff about Archie Enterprises, write in and let us know. Send your letters to... I bet they've left that office in the last 40 years. Probably. I highly doubt they're there still. (laughs) This is a weird one. It's just an advertisement for them. It seems like the sort of tie-in comic that would be handed out at, like, a shareholders conference. Yeah. But it was actually printed in a comic book to be bought by teenagers and children. Yeah. (laughs) So, if you were to riverfy this, Mm -hmm. how would you do it? I'm not going to be too direct, but you have to keep the premise Uh for it to be recognizable. If Riverdale were to tackle a share of the happening, Mm -hmm. we're, we're getting to near the season finale... It sweeps week, obviously. Mm-hmm. Archie unmasks the Black Hood, and who is it? It is Greg Berlanti, executive producer of Riverdale. <gasps> and he introduces himself as Greg Berlanti, executive producer of Riverdale. Yeah. And uh, Ar- Archie doesn't understand. He's he's staggers backward, uh, and he gets in the Black Hood's car, and they drive to the st- to uh, Vancouver. Well, they'd have to fly because Riverdale's in upstate New York. So they go to Vancouver mm-hmm. and Archie sees uh, the show being shot. He visits uh, uh, Michael Grassi and Roberto Aguirre-Sacasa and the other writers. He gets to meet KJ Appa. Yeah. And the whole time he's pleading, please stop hurting my friends. Why, why did you shoot my dad? Why did you shoot my dad? Yeah. And uh, then... Finally, he's like, I will explain. Here's why. And it's just a list of, like, the live ratings, the CW app ratings, the the internal uh, Netflix numbers yeah. that nobody's allowed to see. And then Archie wakes up in a cold sweat. Yeah. That is how I would do it. Okay. What I would do. This would be many years later. Many <laughs> years in the future. Archie is a successful music a musician. Slash with, football player with songs like Jingle Jangle, oh, and uh, but, it, but it's like a like Red Hot Chili Peppers and, under the bridge. It's it's really fucked up and Sugar Sugar. And then Jughead runs a string of restaurants. He also does facial reconstructive surgery. Look at that <laughs> panel. Yeah, so Jughead runs a string of restaurants and uh, makes homemade jelly and jam that he is. <laughs> Known for across the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is carried in every grocery store you will ever encounter. Chuck has become a successful cartoonist. Mm-hmm. And uh, has, has the created... the from the Wonder Years playing as we like visit all <laughs> <Yeah>. these people. <laughs> and uh, has created a successful uh, comic book about uh, the people in his youth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Veronica designs uh, handbags. Each handbag being named after someone from her past. There's mm-hmm. the Betty handbag that has this this very um, blonde mm-hmm. co- colored uh, handbag strap coming off of it. It's iconic, iconic, and beyond reproach, and beyond reproach. Yeah, and, and then there's a handbag that has like this this strange gray points along it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, does the Betty handbag secretly everyone have a, a set of lock picking tools inside the lining? There are extra pockets, yes. <laughs> There's also um, the kill bag. Mm-hmm. That's like a tote bag. Yeah. Or like like a, a duffel bag. She had to pull the commercial that advertised that it could hold up to a whole body of weight <laughs> because people didn't really like that idea and thought it was sending the wrong message. Reggie is... Um, Dead. <laughs> Dead? I don't know. It's, it's really I was going to say he's... he's um, uh, a watchmaker. He's a watchmaker. He's a watchmaker. He's really good at making watches. That's nice. And, and repairing historical clocks. <laughs> Why is he really good at that? I don't know, because he had to give up the drugs, and then he, he found watchery. <laughs> <laughs> 
There's a word for that. He found watchery. watchery. He was just waiting for him now that his hands are steady. Yeah. Uh, Betty is a, a very successful TV producer that is creating uh, new shows about teen life mm-hmm. for the WC. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in, in my version, after Archie wakes up, there, there would have been like a whole lot of product placement. Just to set up this gag where at the end Archie wakes up, he's like, and in my dream, all the brand names were weird. Yeah. Well, and so then we realize, though, that everyone's living these good lives, but no one is going to, like, connected to anyone anymore. Mm-hmm. No one knows each other. No one's still friends. They don't talk. They don't hang out. But then all of a sudden, we are awoken from from this, this, this vision, this dream. Uh-huh. And we see... All of them shot (laughs) and and bleeding on the riverbank of Sweetwater River. And we don't know whether this is a vision of the future they will lead together when they all are alive again. And not (laughs) not That's how it goes. When they are alive again. (laughs) They're not, you know, bleeding on a riverbank. Or is this the future that will never be because they all die? Mm -hmm. Or is this their dream? We don't know because they're all bleeding to death on a riverbank. The end. And folks, <laughs> let this just be a message to everyone. This is why you don't podcast on Jingle Jangle. I tried really hard. But while we've been recording, actually, a humble bundle put up an Archie Comics bundle. Hey. For a dollar, you get six uh, volumes of various Archie titles. Uh, with the $8 level, you're uh Add an additional eight on top of that. Dang. And for 15, you get another eight over 20 books total, including uh, what we've been taking a lot of our recent Digest the Digest from, the the Best of Archie Deluxe, Volume 1 and 2, as well as the entire New Riverdale run of Jughead, the uh, four collected volumes so far of Mark Wade's Archie, Afterlife with Archie, Volume 1, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Volume 1, The Death of Archie. Mm-hmm. Really good stuff in there. Yeah. Check that out. Check it out. And then, hey, you, you can play the home version of that segment along with us. Yeah. Are we predicting? It is time for predictions. Okay. FP's promise to Penny that he broke, and now Jughead is on the hook for, he promised he'd marry her. <gasps> That's my prediction. To keep Jughead out of the serpents, mm-hmm. he promised that Jellybean would be raised in the way of the snake. <laughs> but uh-huh. Jellybean yeah. lives in a different Ma- state. Mama Jones is off in Ohio. They ran away so yeah. she wouldn't have to become the the the, the chosen one. The chosen one. <laughs> she wouldn't and have to now, become Saint Aaliyah of the the fang. Now Jughead must take her place. <laughs> Yeah. All right. All right. I I tried to come up with one prediction for each of the three chapters of this episode. Mm -hmm. So my next is that uh, Cheryl is going to continue uh, managing Josie. And I I have two specifics for this. One, the band will be reunited as a Mm two-piece, Cheryl and Josie. Mm -hmm. And they're going to have a weird black swan style hookup where it looks like it's going to be hot, but it's really creepy and fucked up. Yeah. Yes. That's what I think is going to happen. I think that we are going to find out that the janitor is like mummifying pigs in the basement of the school. (laughs) (laughs) That's not how you make jerky. You're doing it all wrong. That's how she got the pig's heart. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She's doing like some weird voodoo down there. Josie's dad. Mm Mm-hmm. The, the, the mayor's ex-husband is going to come back to town to see his daughter on, on his tours. And he's going to discover this this uh, affair mm-hmm. and be none too happy. But he's not going to be violent. He's not going to do any sort of crime uh, of vengeance. No, he's going to do the opposite. He's going to run for sheriff in order to steal Keller's job away from him. So he has to leave town. Oh. And then he's going to be the law in these parts. That's, that's good. I like that. I like that. We're going to find out who's naughty and nice that Kevin's mother is actually dead. <gasps> oh, no. Bahrain is a code word for heaven. Kevin doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Keller knows. Yeah. But he's not telling anyone and he didn't tell Kevin. And that's why he's OK having an affair because it's not an affair because his wife is they're, dead. They're two single people. Yes. 
And Kevin's going to find out mm. when he, like, because he's going to find out about the affair and, like, be really upset with his dad. And he's like, well, no, I never told you your mother died three years ago. That's three why years? she hasn't come back from. <laughs> There's a lot to do in Bahrain. <laughs> That's why she hasn't come back from tour for a visit. Oh, boy, oh, boy. I think Jughead's going to get in some trouble and they're going to have to, like, hide him away. <laughs> from the cops mm-hmm. because he's going to be wanted and they're going to have to like hide him in a basement or an attic <laughs> or farm with Polly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That crate was not hauling drugs. That's way too pedestrian. We've done enough drugs. It was body. It was a werewolf. <laughs> it was a werewolf. That's what I'm going. That's why there's chains and they had to do it before midnight. It's a werewolf. It's definitely like plastic explosive or something that this German paramilitary is very interested in. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of rice cookers. Something that goes boom. Yeah. Or slow cookers. Makes slow Pre- cookers? Pressure cookers. Pressure cookers. There. That's and what And now it is. I'm back on the FBI <laughs> list. This is entrapment. Because I was trying to think, why, how would this you use a slow cooker? It does things slowly. It's probably not what you want for an explosive. So is it rice cooker? But why would that be much different? Pressure cooker. Yeah, okay. You're trying to get me arrested. (laughs) Don't know how they lifted it. Pressure cookers are heavy. That's why it took two strapping young lads. So I think that's enough of what we think might happen. Let's talk about what we know is going to happen next episode. FP gets out of jail. FP is coming out of jail. There's trouble in Varchiland. There is a quick shot of Cheryl and Josie looking... Freshly showered together? Yeah. There's trouble in Villarchie? They were making out. I missed the trouble. Half of that trailer was the two of them talking about that relationship. You know what that says to me? Problems in their relationship. Trouble. Right here in River City. Capital T. Yeah. And that rhymes with Varchi. Yep. But the the episode is called... Oh, it's because he says, I love you. Oh. That's why. That was in the trailer. He says, I love you. But the episode is called <laughs> The House of the Devil. That's a 2009 slasher slash haunted house movie. Another horror film uh, about the 80s satanic panic. So, Cult in the woods! So, so whose house do you think will be the house of the devil? Do you think we're going to find like a location for the Black Hood and not know who it is, but like break in? Darling, I just told you pigs in the basement of the school. That, that is, the school is the house of the devil. Yes. Okay. I doubt it, but okay. Or what do you think Sheriff Keller has behind his workout machine? The devil? Yes. I think that does it for us here at Sex Archie. Uh, I know some people just like our uh, actual recap episodes, our regular episodes, but... I'm really, really proud of last week's bonus. It's really good. Uh, the, the premise of Riverdale Roulette is we, we went to the uh, Riverdale fan wiki, hit random page, and whenever a character came up, we came up on the spot with a theory of why that character is the Black Hood. Yes. So statistically, we have a pretty good shot, better than most, Yeah. of predicting who the Black Hood really is. Unfortunately, just after we recorded, we got an email from a listener, Gwendolyn, who gave quite a few of her Black Hood theories, and some were surprisingly close to what we said, not having read this email. It was wonderful. Including the idea that Cliff Blossom is currently alive because the body that was hung in a barn was a secret twin. Yeah. (laughs) Gwendolyn just read my mind. But yeah, I'd like to thank everybody uh, who, who... Helped us out with that episode, especially this wonderful bit of serendipity, <laughs> uh, and encourage people to check it out. I'm real proud of that one. Do you, do you not want to share her other idea, her favorite theory? Sure. What was her favorite theory, though? Her favorite theory is that the Black Hood is a ghost, specifically the ghost of Great Grandpa Blossom, the brother who murdered brother. <laughs> I think he resides on that road between Riverdale and Greendale by the deer. Mm-hmm. After his death, he was sealed away in Thornhill Manor, and his spirit was released when Cheryl burned it down. That is great. This but... goes with my theory about like the the dirt and how like the bodies are all trapped there, and the ghosts you, are all. You gotta there. pour the syrup on to seal the bodies. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I think you got it backwards. It's the murdered brother oh. who is vengeful, trying to rain death upon sinners. It's the victim, clearly. 
So So it's great grandpa Cooper. Who knows Betty so well. Ghost yeah. genetics. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Another great thing about Gwendolyn is that she placed an order at uh, Mad Fuzz, which is this great Etsy shop. That's run by me. Yeah. Yeah. With the holiday season upon us, if you are looking for some holiday gifts, including Jughead beanies, you can definitely uh, hit me up on Etsy at Mad Fuzz uh, and maybe... I can get something done for you in time for the holidays. Mm -hmm. Or, you know. Just buy off the rack. It's also open year round. Yes, it is. (laughs) So I guess with that, I'm Elena. I'm Grant. And from us here at Sex Archie. The reckoning is upon us. Sugar. Ah, honey, honey. You are my candy girl. And you got me rocking you. Break it down. Sugar. Ah, honey, honey. You are my candy girl. And you got me rocking you. Break it down, come on. And you got me.